Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes. It's a Scottish baseball podcast, and I'm John McKellar of the Glasgow Comets. And I'm Jason Durr, Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer, President in Edinburgh Canyons. I think I got covered this time, John, since you, know, you always tell me I, I try to shortchange myself. Indeed, Edinburgh Cannon's legend, I would probably go with, but uh, Edinburgh Cannon all <laughs> The legend grows every time we talk about this. I was I just know. quite happy saying I was former president, so. You also forgot to say uh, that you're the owner of the Dugout Classics this time. Uh, owner of Dugout Classics, I haven't mentioned that for a while, wearing the Fly Mets jersey that I got here. I got Brockman and Daryl Strawberry today, so uh, that, and then what, we forgot to do that, you know, obviously a co-host of Tea and Tops, the only baseball card podcast in the UK that I know about. <laughs> Apparently we're huge in Norway. <laughs> Well, we're not here to talk about you today, Jason. Yeah, exactly. uh, we have a, a very special guest on today. We're going to talk about this coming weekend's games as well. But first, let's introduce our guest today. Uh, we have on today Thomas Haywood. Yes, good uh, good afternoon, as it is when we're talking. Thanks so much for joining us, Thomas. Now, you are an umpire. Uh, we're going to talk umpiring. We're going to talk about how you got involved in baseball and stuff just shortly. Um, first off, though... Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, like you just touched upon, we are pre-recording this uh, at one in the afternoon on Thursday due to, uh, obviously, this past Tuesday, Scotland. Uh, we're playing uh, a pretty big football game that uh, unfortunately didn't go so well. <laughs> didn't go so well. That's all right. Yeah. Listen, uh, we, we could have done a show on Tuesday night, but I think everyone was watching the football game. So we, we're yeah. just doing it now. Well, yeah, I and, wasn't. Uh, I, I wasn't. I went. I went for a cycle, and I thought well, these roads are quite empty. <laughs> so, so it's funny you say that. I played this game called paddle, uh, and uh, we went the last Scotland game. It was like, wow, the courts are empty. <laughs> it was. Oh yeah, that's right, because the football's on. <laughs> well, uh, Scotland are now out, so our Tuesdays are free for the rest of the tournament, <laughs> so we won't miss any more weeks. Um, so let's uh, talk uh, to Thomas just now, uh, Thomas. First off, why don't you introduce yourself to anyone who might not be aware of who you are around the league and uh, any, any viewers or listeners. Uh, you are Thomas Haywood, you're an umpire. Why don't you start off by saying where you're from and when and how you became involved with baseball originally? So, um, my name's Thomas Haywood. I live in Edinburgh, soon to be moving to Dunfermline. Um, and I got into baseball, um, well, the, 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 the abbreviated version was I went on university exchange in my second year from Napier University, where I was doing an honours in languages and export management. And I went over to Central Washington University, 100 miles east of Seattle, part of Jason's old stomping ground. Uh, in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of it is really in the middle of nowhere, but it, it's a, it, it's in the it's in the town of Ellensburg, and I suspect the university is the main employer, apart from agriculture. It might be it, the rodeo. The rodeo might be the main employer. <laughs> yeah, but that's just Labor Day. That's just Labor Day. <laughs> I know, anyway, I know. you can't you can't escape American sports over there. One of them, of course, is baseball. So you try and do something, but I was skills were useless, so I didn't do too much about it. Came back. And as one done, does when walking in Hollywood Park, you bump into a baseball team, the Edinburgh Diamond Devils, as it was then. And, well, that was in 2000. And I tried to throw, tried to catch the year right. Could I? Butterfingers, uh, Butterfingers United. Anyway, um, uh, then started helping taking on the uh, sort of administrative roles of the club. And... Um, but after about 2003, I thought, I'm not getting anywhere. I was generally put in right field where it caused least damage and uh, right at the end of the game. And um, I thought, I wanted to try and get involved in umpiring. And the at the time, there was no training over here. And I thought, well, I want to go over to the States and learn. And my boss at work at the time was being a bit of a so-and-so. And I asked him for five weeks unpaid leave to go off and do this course. And he went, it's equivalent to you leaving the company. I went, see ya. Bye-bye. And I went off, chucking in my job to go off and do this course. You don't get somewhere in life without taking a risk. And uh, so I um, went off to Jim Evans Academy of Professional Umpiring in Florida in 2005, spent six weeks total at umpire school. Now, if you thought that uh, umpiring was simple, it's 
actually really quite complicated and it's a different mindset to, to a player. You could position yourself totally in a different part of the field. And then I still got in, my aim at the time was to get a CEB tournament, a European International, within three, four years. I had that within 18 months because we train you, they trained us up to a minor league professional umpire standard. So that's, 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 where, that's the basis of the background, how I got in. So I would say he's got a good story about Jim Evans uh, umpiring school. I, I think they had a they had, they had a, a competition about who had the best strikeout call. So Thomas, you got to tell a story. That's a great story. Well, <laughs> that was that was so like with they all had to do our own stylish strike threes, but obviously do it correctly, correctly as in keeping eyes on the ball within that. So I thought I'd just do a bit of a, a Highland jig. And strike three, of course. So Jim actually loved it. And there was another one, so kilts type based story. It was um, uh, they did things. They did something called a camp game. Basically, in all and baseball, there's a lot of wasted time. So they would set up situations. So like runners on first and second, nobody out. And so you, you, the, the um, 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 students also would do running of the bases to try and set this up, and they try and set up the plays. Anyway, so. Well, runs in first, second, nobody out uh, like this, or in today's, or, or like here, uh, to give the give the mechanics. And ball goes tiring up. I looked at it and I thought, runners as a fielders comfortably underneath within the field, comfortably underneath the ball. Well, it was borderline, but I thought right. So I so so I gave. I went infield fly, you know. Jim Evans comes out as the manager of said said team. Oh, Thomas, Thomas, they, that wasn't infield fly. That was an infield fly. Jim, in my judgment, it was an infield fly, so I called it. Oh, maybe they can run faster in skirts in your country. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically, is implying that Scotsmen can run faster, can run faster than those in in, in pants and uh, sort of baseball pants in in the USA. Yeah, well, right, okay, kilts, kilts are us. That's a great story, Thomas. That is a great story. Now, I want to um, I want to ask you um, why umpiring? Uh, why why did that apply? Why did that? Why did that appeal to you so much uh, that you decided to give up playing in favour of umpiring instead of some other aspect of the game? No, well, uh, to be perfectly frank, I couldn't catch, I couldn't throw. I only ever scored two runs in my entire playing career and I retired on my second run. I was generally not in the playing side of things. Plus, there was a dire shortage of umpires. I mean, just dire. So I thought I'd try and give it a go. My first year in 2004, I was useless. I went down to umpire, the umpire training weekend. They, very typical saying, you went down for the weekend, you got your t-shirt, now you're an umpire. Yeah, right. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah, imagine two, Ray, Ray Brownlee and uh, was his, uh, Frank Parker, bowling down to you, both in full war cry. You haven't had the full training. And you're trying to deal with that shit, right? I'm not surprised when 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 you've had intimidating managers bowling down on a, on a total novice that they don't come back again, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I I tried I had I had twenty odd games where I was useless, but then nobody was there to teach me, so that's yeah. why I went off the states, you know. So honestly, the 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 thing there was once I had the training, I carved a niche. It's, but the training is key. You know, I've just spent, I was it two or three weeks ago, I was down in London. And I had to, I had, um, I was there Saturday and Sunday. And I taught uh, two sets of umpires, the three man system, three umpire system. And so the position, taught them positioning of things else, taught them tips about the head height behind the plate and what to look for and stuff like that. And now that they've got some of those skill set tools in, in, in their techniques, they're a lot happier. So if somebody's there to teach them, then, you know, that's half the battle. 
So who would you find at fault with that? I, I know umpires are sh short to come by anyway. Is it just not, uh, I don't want to say BBF, BSUK, or it's just actually finding I'm, quality umpires I, that are willing to do it? I'm not aiming it at any particular organization. There seems to be a general mindset in British baseball as a collective, right? That, oh, we need umpires. And I go, yeah. So who's going to come forward and uh, help? I'm, I'm willing to tra train on the job, right? I'll go behind the plate. You can go on the bases. I can teach you as we go along. Oh, that's somebody else's problem. When you turn somebody else, oh, that's somebody else's problem. So you go round and round in circles. Nobody's prepared to take the ownership of it. So it comes everybody's problem because they don't have enough umpires. And then it's, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's a chronic problem because then what they don't also realize is that they, uh, if they have good quality umpires, they're going to get a good quality game. But then we also, I also get a lot of this, oh, um, well, we need, we need umpires for a particular tournament that happened down south. Uh, earlier this year. I'm not going to name names. And I said, look, I've, if you want me to go down to London, I've got, I'm going to do an 800 mile round trip. I've got all my travel costs. I've got all that. I, you know, it's, have you got some, so, some, you know, I'm not just going down on a, on a, on a, on a, on a free pass, right? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, oh, sorry, we don't have the budget for that. Well, my exclamation for that is go budget for it. You know, if you, Go when the start of the season, you put in a budget, you ask the players to put in an extra 20 quid, you know, and if you've got, say, 20, 20, 30 players, extra 20 quid, okay, fine, they may grumble a little bit, but then at least they're going to get reasonable umpires, you know? And, and the other thing that would help in a lot of these games is start having some games on Saturdays. So if team A, B, C, and D are in this very simple league, for example, a and B will play on the Saturday. B and C, uh, D and uh, C and D will play on the Sunday. They don't play two days, but what that does is it allows for the umpires that are of a decent quality to cover two games, not mm -hmm. concentrate them into one go, and then everybody's shouting the umpires. The, one of the other things that they did in uh, several, they've done in several countries is so they put their novice umpires in a green shirt. Now, that was like a sort of rule protective thing, so that. When the umpires, uh, so when they when they were on the field, the manager could go up and ask him politely, "What did you have on that?" I had him out. Okay, fine. But if they raised their voice, the manager was gone. The idea being is it got the um, the novice umpire gently into the game. And they find that's been very effective. Yes, they they've started to build up. I mean, we're starting to build a few extra umpires. We have a British baseball uh, WhatsApp group. And we get, we get, they, they, they come on after a game and say, oh, I had this issue, blah, blah, blah. And we can support them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like there was, one, there was one umpire who I spoke to actually on Sunday. He had had one or two is small issues. So I just rang him up and said, right, what? He, he, I said, yeah, that was it. The ball had bounced off the ground and hit his hand. I said, well, what position were your hands? They said, loose just between my legs. I said, well, if you, you change the positioning, that you, there's a better protective way so you don't get, get get stung by a ball. How black and blue are you after a game? <laughs> well, you get got, stung by a ball here, so you must come back you know, with a few I've bruises my, in there. I've had my fair share of um, paint shop do's and dunks and what have you. But um, uh, the, the equipment's getting a lot better these days. Like now I've just gone and got some some um, uh, under, under tights that actually have uh, protective pads on the insides of the sides because those are the areas that can get hit. I have a mask that is sprung loaded because that takes out the concussive force. Concussion is a very major and real um, issue these days. You've seen it in Major League Baseball, for example. Uh, we don't want concussive injuries. It's also where you position yourself uh, behind the catcher. For example, if you're behind the plate, can be a, can be another can be another major issue. You know, you don't set up outside the outside of the catcher because you're far, far more likely to get thunk by the ball or a faulted ball or something like that. 
Uh, that's interesting. You have spring-loaded uh, umpiring gear. I had not heard of that. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure you've taken a few shots in the face. Um, it, it, is, is there a big difference of when you started back in 2000, you said 2004, and, and now? Uh, I'm just the equipment. Involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a solid mask then. I had a solid mask then. If you got hit, the catch, the, the general the general convention is the catch. If he's feeling kind, will go, go up to the pitcher have a word and chat just to give you some time uh but now with the sprung loaded mask there's been several times when i've gone uh you dunk and and the cat said are you all right oh yeah what's that what was that about you know they, they, <laughs> yeah oh, oh yeah fine now play on fine 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 it's sprung loaded oh okay but not all of them see sprung loaded masks and I, the part of the issue here is we don't have a baseball equipment shop that's generally available in the UK because there's not a big enough market. So the cost of the equipment coming over gets quite expensive. Not all clubs can afford it. So some of the equipment that they have is fairly basic, um, you know, and um, yeah, uh, they play their hearts out, but obviously they leave themselves open to injury if they get hit. Now, so if you're listening to our show and you're interested in becoming an umpire, would you expect the team to provide the, the, the equipment for them? Or would, you know, obviously, uh, as you go along, you'd buy your own equipment. Um, mm. I mean, I, I, I know how things were running in Edinburgh, but I don't know how in the other teams that we always had stuff and then you had your stuff. To be honest, if you're a club umpire, there are some clubs that will provide equipment. But my advice really is, start investing in your own personal gear. You're going to look after it a hell of a lot better, you know, and ask around some umpires. We might be able to provide you some, like I had uh, my old plate shoes. I went round, I just put on the WhatsApp and I said, hey, I've got these size eight plate shoes because I've gone and replaced them, but they're still in reasonable nick. Who wants them? And an umpire piped up and said, yes, please. So I just fired them in 20 quid because it's postage. And that was that, you know, so we so the equipment's not wasted. It's not it's high quality gear we have. We don't want to just uh, would, we we don't want to go and chuck, chuck it in the dustbin and uh, no because that that is high quality gear that can be very much used. Cool. So I'm actually really curious. You said plate shoes. So I said, what are those? Involved? Are they like kind of steel toed boots or? Yeah, effectively, something? effectively these are uh, the steel toe caps or or they may have a composite toe, but they're hardened. And then they have a, a, a protection over the metatarsal mm -hmm. um, so that uh, it, it, A, if a ball is, is uh, chopped down and it hits you on the toe, also protects against the catcher when, if the catcher steps back and he's got spikes uh, on, you know, because you really don't want to get have, have spikes going through your, through your shoes. Um, and even when we get an umpire that's just starting out and they don't, they don't want to spend a ton on high quality shoes like that, We'll say, still go down to the workwear shop and get something that's that's good for the building industry. Some big boots which have steel toe caps at least, uh, and then you can start off on that, and then you can work your way up and just over a period of time build up your equipment. Cool. Now, Thomas, say uh, last day, uh, not last year, but well, last season, two thousand and nineteen. The last last day we had a full season of baseball uh, on opening day. Uh, you umpired the Glasgow Derby, and uh, mm. I myself did a little bit of uh, umpiring at first base, which you very sure. quickly talked me through. Um, and I also gave uh, home plate umpiring a bit of a try last year in a friendly. Now, what I was struck by was how much pressure is automatically just thrown on your head uh, when you oh, yeah. put that mask on. What would your what would your advice be to anyone who wants to give umpiring a try, but might be potentially a bit sort of maybe a bit wary about taking that plunge and the, the stress that comes with it? I, I think I think the thing is you've got to take it methodically. I think, you know, when, when they say, oh, it's a big game happening today, we've really got... No, 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 no. Each game is a baseball game, right? Regardless of what, however anybody bigs it up, right? Each game is a baseball game. If you take the steps one step at a time, like, for example, at first base, now, a little tip with that is, uh, what did you what what, what, you know, what did you hear? Bang, or did you hear 
right? Uh, when a uh, close play, at uh, uh, home play, you could close your eyes and you can tell in that case on, the, on something like that, what hit the, was it, did the foot hit the bag first or did the ball hit the glove, right? And if it's a close play, use your ears, for example, to, 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 to make it step back, replay it in your mind. Don't rush in with your decisions. Because if you rush in your decisions, that will make probably create more problems to yourself. Because if you hit, you go, he's out as soon as that clack hits. Oh shucks, the ball's on the ground. Oh dear, oh save, save, save. Yeah, now now you've lost. Now 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 you're made to look making yourself look silly because you haven't stopped to fully consider your calls. Remember the the the, the call is a mental one. The signal is a physical one. You can still make you can still make the call mentally and go out, 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 out. Oh shit! You dropped the ball. Save. Wow. Separate these things. Separate these little things. Like for example, you're behind the plate. Track the ball from the point it leaves the pitcher's hand, and keep your head still. Head height, your head height should be, the chin should be no lower than the top of the catcher's helmet in the slot. The slot is the gap between the batter and the catcher's head, batter and catcher. And if you keep that and you just, and, and your, your slot foot should just be about at the back of the, uh, the mid-step, instep back of the catcher's um, uh, rear heel. Uh, and so that you come down and then you keep your head still, lock in, but you do it at the point when he comes set and he's just about to pitch. So you don't stay down too long because otherwise you'll tire yourself out and you just keep your head still and track it, track it into the glove. And then you look, play it back in your mind, then make the call. If you're too quick and you don't track it, you can, you, you just strike and it's going to be all over the place. Okay. There's a lot, there's a lot of physics. Remember at the home plate, have about 11 different decisions to make within a second. 11, okay, walk us through that. That sounds like a lot. I would, yeah. I would have never thought there'd been that many. Yeah, well, so what, was it fair? Was it foul? Was it fouled? Was it hit by pitch? Did the batter interfere? Did the catcher interfere? Uh, did, you know, uh, did, 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 did the pitcher balk? I mean that's just that's just click 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 straight straight off there you know, um, and with it with it with it with it within within that so we've got to sort of look at all of these things and and also what's key is as an umpire you go and start to learn your rules. Remember, confidence confidence breeds competence, and competence breeds confidence. There's a lot that you've got to learn, but don't just go uh, and learn the rules parrot fashion. The trouble with that rule book is it makes a Microsoft program look like a wonderful piece of prose. <laughs> Jim Evans, the famous um, Major League umpire, who's my mentor, said, have I told you there's 237 mistakes, errors, and contradictions in that rule book? Okay, it might have changed since 2005. And they've recodified it, but they haven't got rid of all the contradictions. They've got rid of some, mm. but they so you, if you rule in the rule book exactly how it's written, you'll be told you're sh umpire. Right? <laughs> You've got to try and let game management also is key as an umpire, because if you have good game management, the other problems will go away. If you lose control of the game. Then the teams will take their advantages and the whole thing will spiral out of control and you'll lose your respect. You know, respect is earned. It is not paid for, it is not bought. You know, you've got to go up and work it. Now, the times when I could have ejected a player for throwing something, but what I might go up and I might go and say for magic, hey, tell them to cool it, you know. Tell them to cool it. 
because if I see that again, he's gone. Now, what I'm doing there to the manager is I'm saying, I noted it, I saw it. I'm giving the manager either a chance to take him out of the game because he might be needing him as a key player later on in another game. Or, you know, he might have a championship game coming up next week, which is actually key. And I'm not, but then I'm also saying, look, I'm not tolerating the, 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 the hullabaloo that just happened there, you know? So there's times when you've got to manage a game. There are other times when you just say, self-rejected, bye-bye, you know? Um, and yes, there are some things that are just automatic. I'm really glad you brought this up, Thomas, because I wanted to ask you a few questions about this. Obviously, uh, you're an umpire. The pressure's on. Uh, you're never going to make everyone happy, especially a batter with a bad call. Um, mm -hmm. What? How do you deal with it? Because obviously, you, you, you get a lot of people who back talk to you there. And, and I know you have to just kind of let it go. But there's obviously a certain point, you know, okay, that's the trigger. You, you've crossed that line. Okay. And, and, I, yeah. And so, so, so you heard of sniper fire, haven't you? Yes, yes. Sniper fire, uh, for those that don't know about it, is when uh, somebody shouts and goes, hey, come on, Blue, that was a strike. Well, hang on a moment. Baseball is a game of angles. What angle are you seeing the game from? Now, if you're from the dugout, you sure as hell ain't seen it from the angle I saw it from. I guarantee you that, right? Now, I will first, well, if I hear that, I'll ignore it. I hear it again, I'll turn and I'll look at them. Yeah, it's saying, yeah, I heard you. Next time, go, any more from you guys on judgment calls, balls, strikes, safes, outs? And I might have two options. If I didn't know who it was, I'll, say, I'll just look at, and number three's gone for the actions of his teammates, right? Or if I know who it is, Jason, any more from you on balls and strikes and you're done. And if I, and I, if I know the particular voice, then is that, then if, if I've given you tons of chances in that, right? Mm -hmm. That's gone right now. Another situation. Um, say, the, say this call I've got behind me. It's actually Yasha Shamora from Hungary, who literally almost on the Austrian border. And this is Harry Vishnevsky from the, uh, the, from the Swiss national team coming in, try, scoring the run. Now, if that ended up in a hullabaloo uh, with the manager coming out, now, I'd say, I'll, take, I'll, understand, I'll say, uh, the, you, you come out, for example, Jason, you say, I, he, tossed, he was safe, he was safe. Jason, I got him out. I, I, so I got him out, for example. I know, obviously, this time he was safe, but I got him out. I'm not going to discuss any further. You carry on. Now then, Jason, hand up, right? Look, put the hand up. Any more? No, I'm not taking any more. You got, I got, so I've got my warning in. Mm. Carrying, if you carry on wanting a little bit more um, pieces of the pie, I'm going to take the pie away and provide you with um, a bottle of shampoo and a, 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 a metaphorical bottle of shampoo and a towel. See them shares over there? You know, you know I me. Mean? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I'm obviously putting a bit of humor in it at the moment, but the, the thing is, if you go into the game expecting to get away with that ras uh, raspberry or a rhubarb or a whatever you call it, you may as well not go umpiring. It's part and parcel of the game. But if you keep your explanations short, in my judgment, he was out. And then if you turn around, well, your judgment sucks. You just signed your ejection ticket. Right. Anything with you or yours directed uh, and a swear word or de demeaning or uh, uh, or derogatory of an umpire is an automatic gone right so you've got to be uh, that so that call was horseshit that's your opinion you're horseshit see ya there's a difference yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you can sum it up from Bull Durham with Crash Davis arguing with umpire. And, and <laughs> that's probably the best example I can think of at the top of my head. Yeah, but the but, but the point but the point here but the point here is what we what we what we what we're, what we're discussing is a lot of players will self-eject. I had a situation in Belfast, uh, in Belfast, um, uh, where. Tunbridge came and were against the Dublin Hurricanes. 
and Tunbridge brought in a good young pitcher. And it was uh, he was doing quite well in an inning or two in, and then he struck out. And at the point he struck out, he pile-drived his bat into the plate. That's an automatic. Throwing equipment at disgusted around past judgment call. The only trouble for poor Tunbridge was he was their one and only good pitcher. So, of course, the game collapsed. No, I don't like to see a game collapse. But if a player's going to do something like that, you can't let it walk, you can't let it walk by because then everyone else thinks they can get away with it. You know, I take no pleasure in ejecting. Usually my thought is, once I've ejected, I was, oh, crap, paperwork. <laughs> That's you your know, biggest concern is paperwork. When the, because it doesn't, the paperwork doesn't, the paperwork thought doesn't occur until after you've done, after you've done, after you've done the ejecting, because then now you've got to write up the report. Obviously, according to, depending on what league you're in, it depends what you got to what 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 you got to do, but you know you've got to write them up, um, and some leagues are stricter than others, you know. But but the point there is you've got to take enforcement action because if you don't take enforcement action, they'll just start walking all over you. Yeah, game management is key, absolutely key in all of this. Well, I'm glad you brought up that you umpired in uh, Belfast there. Now, we know you're quite an accomplished umpire. How many different countries have you umpired in? Ich habe in 20 Länder geschiedsrichtet, as they would say, in, in Germany. I umpired in 20 countries um, from around the world, um, as diverse as um, uh, Britain through to Australia, New Zealand through to Xi'an in China, Taiwan, uh, Japan, uh, Turkey, uh, what else? Sweden, you know, just uh, done a whole host. I mean, I'd love to do, uh, love to do Canada. And I know we've got Ray Brownlee. So I know when, once we get let out for good behavior out of all of this maelstrom that we find ourselves in, It'd be lovely to go over and do something over there as well, you know. And one of the other things I'd love to do, and it's more a personal thing, is to go back to Central, which introduced me to baseball in the first place, mm -hmm. and to go and umpire a game there. Mm -hmm. And I have the connection. I, I have a very good um, uh, Washington former minor league umpire who called Brian Herzog, who I know very, very well. And he regularly umpires there. So... I know my chances of getting a game there would be quite high. And, you know, it's, I've, I've, I've umpired in several other college teams in sort of like a fall league and stuff like that. And they look at me, they, they think, they all look at me and say, this guy's from Scotland. <laughs> and they, 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 it hasn't computed the fact that actually someone from Scotland can actually umpire, you know, uh, baseball, Scotland. And then, they, they, then, it's, they, then you come over here, baseball, eh? You probably find that too, Jason, when you say you actually play baseball. Usually I say, oh, yeah, I'm a baseball umpire. When I'm talking business conversations and mm. you know, I get the expected. What, 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 what? Sorry, say that again. <laughs> yeah, it happens quite a bit. We, we did, uh, me and John did quite a few interviews for the, the Negro League Baseball Museum last autumn. And we had quite a few conversations off, off the air about what baseball was like in Scotland. So everyone seems always impressed by it. So uh, you, you get those all the time, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I do remember John Hopkins University came over. I don't know whether you were here. I was, and, yeah. That was a, yeah. we had the, the big tournament then. Yeah, it was. It was a big one, and we, they literally got 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 to the field, and it just poured, mm -hmm. absolutely poured it down, and everybody pulled that pulled that, and we managed to get the field playable again. And the players had just got back to the hotel, and the, we four went, call went. Oh no, no, it's come on back, and they brought in. I think it was about 11 pitchers and nine catches into the game because they all wanted to say, say that they had played baseball in Scotland. That's um, <laughs> we used and a we, lot we, of diamond dry. And, <laughs> and, oh, gosh. Yeah, no, that, kitty litter. I think kitty litter. I yeah. Think, I was, <laughs> I was trying to be kind and say diamond dry. I knew it was kitty well, litter. Well, you know, it's, sorry, we don't have some, something called diamond dry over here. Kitty litter is effectively what it is. So, <laughs> yeah, we use that. 
and uh, I must admit that, that they had some the parents who came with the, the students and one of them turned around to me and said we have double A baseball back home I go and watch it new umpire the hat a lot better than some of the umpires we, we see over there and I was like oh. yeah, it was just uh, one of them things it was like I just had a laugh we were all having a laugh and we just we just got on and did the job. And the Talib Yazim, I think, was the base umpire up from uh, Cumbria there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that game well. That, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we gave John Hopkins quite quite a match during that one. I mean, that was still back when we were in Preston Pans. <laughs> that was that yeah, takes us back to I know. like 2005, 2006. Yeah, but then, you do, I, then I do so umpire uh, a lot in, in Europe. I've represented Great Britain quite a few times. And I do remember having just finished umpire school, or I do remember having uh, to go uh, over to Rouen in France, and it was a junior tournament. And I had uh, a situation. And so I'm umpire in German. I can umpire in German. I can umpire in French. And I do remember like uh, several situations. Uh, one was uh, I was umpiring on my own in Rouen, and this this. Uh, Pitch comes in, batter bunts the ball, but as he's running out, he touches it with his foot. And but the trouble is, the kids and everyone are screaming, so they don't hear me, and I'm bellowing out now, time, 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 but nobody's hearing me. So, <laughs> kid picks, catcher picks up the ball to over to, to throw up to first, it overthrows first. Kid runs round, we have a runner on first, one out, right. The runner comes from third, comes home. The runner on uh, the batter runner eventually ends up at third on a bunt, getting that. And I'm going, time, time, time on the interference. He's out. And the, the, so the, the Czech dugout is only in English. Uh, there's the Czech man who can't speak English. Uh, his assistant can. So I tell him, right, we've got, uh, we've got uh, interference on the batter. He's out because he touched the ball with his foot having batted in fair territory, the run on from third must go back, right? Batter's out. So that's, that's so effectively we've got uh, two outs. And then goes heading towards the German target. Also, we have interference after the Schlager, weil er zweiten Mal mit dem Fuß in, in, in dem Feld gekehrt hat. Der Renner aufs dritte muss zurückkehren und es gibt keinen Punkt und der Schlager ist aus. And as I'm returning to play, Monsieur Labitre, Monsieur Labitre, qu'est-ce qui se passe? Alors, il y avait l'interférence sur le frappacal, il retouche par le sortier. Le coureur troisième est retiré, le troisième doit retourner et le, le frappe est retiré. Merci. One play, three, three languages, you know? And you, you, it's, it's just those little, those little stories. It's not, it's not one of those nasty ones, but it's trying to show that sometimes you have to manage a game even if it's another, another language. And then there was another time, uh, just even in Switzerland, there was a team from Lausanne, and I just gave the count, deux balles, une prise, in French, and the, uh, and the, the uh, Quebec, uh, catch original Quebec, just went, oh, 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 parlez français? Oui, bien sûr. But the important point there was, I know what he's saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got the measure of you in that respect. So it's a little touch that says, I'm managing the game. Yeah. That's really cool. That's such yeah. a cool story. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that, 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 that one, I mean, it happened early in after, uh, I think it was 2005, 2006, something like that. So it was right after the training. Yeah. And you get, you get that stuff. But the thing that's also important in all of this is that we train go to train umpires because I'm looking for I'm really looking for umpires who want to learn who I'm happy to train on the job and I'm happy to look out for them but we want to try and and I'll be there at the end of a phone line or end of a whatsapp and if they have issues and they want to learn more you know we can do stuff I mean even in Edinburgh we get one or two umpires we have we have dear Wolfie, for those of you who haven't heard of Wolfie. I, I think Wolfie just stands out there. Man. I don't know how much umping he does these days. <laughs> Wolfie is a, is, a, is a Scotland baseball legend. Let's just say he's called Wolfie because, well, the whiskers come out from everywhere. 
Uh, and uh, he, I've known him, Wolfie, in baseball since I started. And he's still there and he, lo- he just burns his love for the game. Uh, no disrespect to Wolfie. Sometimes when you get more towards an elevated age, trying to take so much more information in can be a little bit more difficult. But we still t- make him very much feel included in the game. When you get younger, younger players, the, 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 the ability to take a lot more information in is very much easier just by the fact that because they're younger. Uh, but we want to learn, I want to teach umpires, I want to impart some of this knowledge because some of this stuff I've got is, for some people, is, is really good. I won't be around in the game forever. I mean, I've got, what, 925 games under my belt? 1,000 games is what I would love to hit. I mean, the past couple of years have made life a little bit harder. Um, and after that, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because, I mean, I've umpired up to World Cup, uh, World Cup training game level in 2009 in Sweden. You know, I can't go any higher, really. Um, my ability is there are better umpires than me. I know that. You've got to be realistic in, 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 what, you, in what, what you do and say. There are other things I'd like to go off and do, but the trouble is when you're an expert, people really, really want you. I mean, I guess I regularly get players, oh, you are doing a, a young parent's play? I say, no, oh, duh, that's a shame. You know? So there's, we do, we do get that. I mean, what can you do? But I want players, I want players and people to come forward. I'll train you, I'll help you. But you got to put the effort in as well. What do you think teams can do? So we're not going to put the onus on any organizations. What can teams do better to actively encourage people to umpire? What do you think? If there's a solution for that, because again, like no, no one goes, I want to play baseball and say, I want to become no. an umpire. But I think there's there must be something we can do to improve. Uh, shall uh, we rewind the clock a little bit, Jason? Okay. Um, the BBF the British Baseball Federation, of which Scotland used to be part of, had a rule, had a bylaw saying every team should send a player to take part, to, to the umpire training course, to train partly as an umpire, to cover, right? Mm-hmm. But there was no penalty. Right. Should they not do it? So, of course, everyone ignored it, right? Now, the, the onus here also, if you go to Switzerland, now my Swiss licensed umpire, right? I umpire in the NLA, which is effectively the NBL in London type equivalent, right? right? Good quality baseball with good quality umpires. And, but the thing there is they, um, they play on the Saturday and Sunday, right. like how we spoke about earlier. And they, uh, basically each team is on the rotors for having to provide an umpire on a day when they're not playing. So if they play on the Saturday, they have to provide an umpire on the Sunday, right? That is expected. They provide really good umpire training and you have to go, then they have their, their licensing system. So the C license is basically your little, you just started out, you just got your, your umpire mask and your indicator. Your NLB, which is more your sort of NLB, um, so mid-league type umpire and then your A license which is your top umpires and you have a licensing system so you've got a system that will uh, effectively give them something to aim for that's part of it secondly because they have to provide an umpire as part of it then um, it, to umpire a team independent of them so it's not their own team so say here we've got Yana Shimura against um, the Swiss National well, there was, I think there was also the Northern Knights. Now, in, the, in that system, then the Northern Knights would provide the umpires for this game, for mm-hmm. example. As it was then, we had, we had a whole umpire, umpire crew, so that was fine. But you've got to, make, you've got to bring them the in. If they're going to provide the umpires, the trouble is we're, we're such a small umpire crew in the UK, such a small crew, so that we're stretched. So it's... And, and then they want us to try and go and recruit umpires. We've all, I've got a business to run, and it's not umpiring. You've, got, you've both got jobs to do. So it's not, it's not paying. There is no real third-party financial support for the sport that we're in. Mm-hmm. You know, something has, something, somebody has to step up and at least put in 10p's worth 
And if we all put in 10 P's worth, then we'll all get better. It's the 1% principle. Yeah, everyone puts in 1%, 1%, suddenly we're up to 20%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it, it's it's good insight to see how it's going to think everyone takes umpiring for granted. And, and just, you know, you, everyone has that one person has been doing it for five, 10, 20 years, but there's never seems to be really a push to get people to encourage them to, to learn to umpire. I, I, I think, to be honest, the, the, the league, so who, whoever's governing the league has to make impress upon the teams. Look, you have a duty to provide somebody if you provide me, if you provide me the volunteers, I'll train them up. But if they're not coming forward and they're not asking to be trained, and I don't know who they are, how can I? I can't. You know. Yeah. I mean, also teams, as I said earlier, teams have to provide. My training costs me thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, and then teams expect me to pay up to to to, to, to rock up and do it for absolute zilch. Well. Does a business work like that? No, I don't think it does. Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't think it does because um, um, it, 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 you, you go to the lumber yard, you lumber lumberyard, and you get get some you get some wood, and you hand it something. Oh, just make me something. Yeah, well, what's that going to cost? Oh, no, no, I don't want to. Well, you're not going to get your thing made, right? Right. You know, I put it, I've got a lot of skill. I've got a lot of skill and it's a craft effectively. So don't expect umpires, just to, skilled umpires to rock up. You know, if you have a tournament and you want us to turn up at Farnham Park and go 800 miles down, um, and you want us to go 800 miles down, pay for accommodation and go back. Oh yeah, PS, we get you for free or for a burger and a kind of pop out of the thing. Uh, you know, it, it, it grates. I'd rather, if they're, if they're not prepared to pay, I'm not going to go all that way. And, you know, I've got, to, I've got to turn up and do it, put all that effort in. I'm taking a whole weekend out. Some, some people wonder, why are you in my Swiss Lampstand Because the Swiss pay. And it's an equal amount of time for me to get down to Switzerland by plane as it is for me to rock down to London. Plus, the Swiss make me feel really welcome. I get to know everybody in the team, in the teams, and the good quality fields. So, <laughs> easy you know, yeah. decision for you. Well, exactly, and you know, uh, and what's more, I get to practice my German and my French and stuff like that. Plus, you get a, a night out when you're in the place you're staying, so you know you can go and, and, and enjoy you some. And do, or you, or, or we sometimes put up with. Um, uh, fellow umpires, fellow Swiss umpires, which is really nice. Yeah. I bet it's nice to go somewhere and unwind with a drink and catch up about the games. And I imagine with the other umpires, you guys talk oh, yeah. shop all day long. Well, exactly. And then I think that's one thing that, because we're so few umpires, talking shop is not something we always can do face-to-face. -face. We have to do it online. Uh, and the, the banter, we miss that. When you're in a baseball team, you can forever shoot, shoot the breeze, you know? Uh, and actually talking about uh, players shooting the breeze, when you think of it, when they're up to bat, they can, they go up, they, 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 they hit the ball, they may take, go, try, get, get, go, go around a couple of bases before that, and they go back and they lollygag get back in the dugout or the benches as it is in Scotland. And then the umpire, if he, if he for one second takes his mind off something, they're on him like a, uh, like a cheap suit. As umpires, we have to concentrate for that entire time. And the only time when our mind can stop for two seconds is between innings, when we're sort of like, right, I need to go get some water. Right, that's my, that's my 10 seconds off. That's all I get, you know? I've got to pay, pay attention to what the hell's going on around the field. And players, players seem to forget that a little bit, you know? But, but they have the banter, they have the good time, they have the social time. And us umpires, well, you know, the other thing about an umpire, right? Have you ever seen, you, I can tell a, a novice umpire a mile off. Ball cap is backwards. Uh, probably equipment's on the outside and the hands are behind the back to try and protect their hands. That's, that screams, that screams at me, novice umpire, right? Uh, but if you 
think about it. If somebody turns up sort of roughly dressed, oh, where's the umpire? Oh, he's that guy over there. Now, if I turn up smartly dressed as an umpire, oh, umpires are here. It, 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 just, comes, it just comes natural. If, yeah. if they know that you're the umpire, then that's half, you, you're starting off on the right foot. You create the impression when you walk in the door, so to speak. Very true, very true. Yep. All right, Thomas, I, I've got you got one other question for, for Thomas, but if you want to ask yours, John, go for it because we're going to wrap it up yep. shortly. Uh, I just wanted to close up by asking uh, what is the strangest role that you've encountered in a game situation and the toughest call you've had to make? Uh, strangest rule situation? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, this happened actually at Meadow, Meadow Mill, just outside Edinburgh. And somebody actually had it this week, actually, and another game here was. Uh, you know when sometimes you, you sometimes you get an awkward pitch and you have crouched down to try and get out of the way so you're not hit by pitch, right? Well, uh, this, this player ducked down, but he had his bat up in the air over his shoulder. The pitch hit the ball. Sorry, the, the pitch hit the, ba the bat and effectively bunted itself back into fair territory. And then I just went, I pointed fair because it's a fair ball. It hit the bat. Everyone's looking at what's going on? What's going on here? You know, it's like, huh? <laughs> Catcher realizes I'm going fair ball. Spires it up first, get, they get the out. The batter had no intention of hitting the ball. He was trying to get out of the way. But that, that, that was, that, the, there's these little situations that sometimes catch up. The chief enemy of an umpire is surprise. You know, yeah. be prepared. You know, be prepared, and it's sort of like um, that. That would that was a weird one. And then another one you don't see very often at all is an intentionally dropped ball, um, is which an intentionally dropped drop ball. And then another one which I saw um, that that, that you, you don't you don't see very often is infield fly followed immediately next pitch by another infield fly. <laughs> I've seen that. I think I've seen that twice. <laughs> I think I've seen that twice. So yeah, you have to get be prepared for some of these third third world third world bits of third world stuff, you know. Brilliant. <laughs> Great, um, Thomas. I, I've actually got a non-umpiring question for you. So uh so you're also the head of the LGBT uh committee at, for BSUK. I wouldn't say no, I'm not the head, I'm a, a, a participant of. You're a participant of. And I'm just curious because you've seen a bigger push for that now. Are you finding the sport the sport becoming more inclusive now? It never, it hasn't, I don't, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to make it more inclusive, but within baseball, I never been, there's been never anything anti against what who I am or what I do. Mm -hmm. I've never encountered that. I never, at the start, I never chose to divulge. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I just let my game do the talking. Mm, just then eventually it just leaked out, and that was that. Nothing's really changed, as far as I'm concerned. For, for within the people always know who I am and stuff like that, and that's that. That's it. I mean, yes, there seems to be quite a quite a good push to try and make uh, LGBT folk welcome. Mm -hmm. I think it's the welcoming aspect of it. I think baseball, by its very nature, up until recently, has been majority a male sport. Having said that, down in England, they've now started a, up a ladies' baseball league, um, which is very much in its infancy. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the lot of this equality you could potentially deem to be, um, uh, you could potentially say, well, it's quite political in one respect. I don't want to set the cat among the pigeons in that res in that respect. I'm there just to try and help out. I mean, okay, it was part of the fact that um, uh, I was part of that committee. I got invited by Jack Murley from the LGBT's, BBC's LGBT Sports Podcast to be part of that, and I did. And we talked all about the career and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, it's a full career. I'll always look back at it with pride. I always look back and say, yeah, I did that. I represented my country. Given the fact that I hated sport at school, I was bullied. I, I, I just, I hadn't had anything there and I turned it, and I turned it round 
and represent my country, I should be immensely proud when I finally hang up the mask. I mean, I'll probably hang up the mask and then I might be there to sort of hand out tips and tricks uh, off, you know, when I'm just on the sidelines. But, you know, there comes a point when you think, I've done all I can do. I know that there was one umpire from the Netherlands, Edwin van der Beek. He was 33 when he hung up his mask. Why? Because he had just umpired the Olympics. He couldn't go any higher. He walked wow. away from the game. So, yeah. What do you want to do and how do you want to do it? Well, my target is 1,000 games. What I do after that, I don't know, but I'd probably be finding myself doing lots of other things and probably not doing so many games. Baseball's there, yes, and it's great. It's had me traveling all over the place. There comes a point when you must say, I'll be dizzy. Do you have any <laughs> do you have any Baseball Scotland National League games on your schedule this year? Will you be umpiring in Scotland this season? Well, yes, I've already umpired a few. But the thing here is when what in my my in my um position, I'm in a slightly unusual ineffective is I'm a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go where there are games that I can umpire. I'm not like if you say for in Switzerland, you're in Austria, you're in Netherlands or in France, you get assigned games mm-hmm. and you just assign games. You just go off to go do those games. And that's fine. You're told you're here, 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 here. I just have to find out where there are games and self-assign. And yes, it has its good goods and its goods and its what have you. And then Mike Shepherd down in London. He's asked me, hey, when am I next down? But you've got to bear in mind, it's an 800-mile round trip and a train journey. I have to go down on the Friday, stay overnight, two overnights, because I'm not going to go down and do one game. And the last, the last weekend uh, was at Enfield. And the trouble was at Enfield was soccer took priority. So we didn't start the game till 1.30. Well, the trouble was the last train night that I could take was six o'clock in the evening from London King's Cross. We had to bring in another umpire because I had to leave early. I couldn't go. I had work to do next day, mm. you know? So it's, it's at times it can be frustrating, but you just got to take it as it, uh, as it is, you know? We got in a game and then I did one inning and then I had to walk away. It happens. It does yeah. happen. Well, thank you so very much for joining us today, Thomas. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, hopefully we'll get you back on to talk some more on pirate stories. And uh, I want to touch more on your photography as well the next time we have you on, because we didn't really touch on that. But you've mentioned that you take uh, quite a lot of shots, like the action shot that you have behind mm-hmm. you. Um, so we'll get you back on someday, hopefully, uh, in the near future. Once again, thanks for joining us. And uh, hopefully I'll see you on the field uh, at some point this year. Ah, well, you know, you never know. You might find me on the field. But, uh, it's just it's just one of them things. So just check that you are in safely in the base before I make the call, okay? <laughs> Brilliant, Thomas. Always good uh, to chat with you. We'll have to come catch up soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Thomas. Now, Jason, let's move on before we close up to this weekend's games. Uh, Baseball Scotland's National League is back in action this Sunday. There were no games, obviously, this past Sunday due to Father's Day. Um, I'm pleased to say that uh, it looks like all going well. Both Glasgow teams will be back in action this week, so let's get the schedule up here. The Cannons were supposed to have their home opener the other week, but obviously the Comets, due to COVID protocols, unable to play. Uh, they will be hosting the Aberdeen Oilers this weekend. The Grand City Oilers, Steve Evans' team, had a fantastic opening day. Um, so we're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see if Rudy's lot can, uh, can, can break the ship after their opening day loss and uh, see if... The Oilers can continue their great form. I have a free weekend. I might go down and play. You're going to play? Bombshell. Bombshell. Sorry, sorry, oh. sorry, sorry. Something's got, something's got ah. wrong. There's a sprocket ah. loose. Sprocket loose. The, ah, the, the, I, I have a free weekend, so I, I, I might come down and play on Sunday. I might. Uh, we'll see. I'm the, I need to dig out the audio of when I predicted that you would play again this year because you're like, never, never, no. This is the first re- first free weekend in like two years. So we'll see. Like I said, Hopefully, I hope you do get to play, man. Um, and it'll give, us, it'll give us something to talk about next week. For ah, sure. yeah, sure will. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, speak, speaking of stuff to talk about next week, the comments are back in action. 
We are once again at home. We host the 2-0 Red Hot Diamond Devils. They've scored 28 runs in the first two games. Sylvan's guys are, you know, I think a surprise of the early stages this season. I don't think anybody expected them to be this potent offensively. Um, and they've, you know, they've been, they've only like one run in their first two games, you know, 12 nothing, 16-1. That's quite, quite dominant. So it's going to be uh, interesting for me to see them in person. Um, and uh, hopefully us comments can uh, can put a, can stimmy that flow a bit and uh, get our second win. Obviously the comments one and all. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend. We we should have pretty much a full a full squad. Um, I think Nelson's groin injury is fine. Um, you know, he can kick down doors. I saw. Yeah, there's no um, there's no COVID issues anymore with the team, so all going well. That should uh, that should go along without a hitch. Um, the third and final game this weekend is the Tayport Breakers and the Glasgow Galaxy. Now, on the schedule um, that I have in front of me, it says Tayport at Glasgow. Um, however, we will be at home, so I think that will be in Tayport, in fact. Uh, so that will be the Galaxy on the road in Tayport. Now, Tayport, obviously, um, have started the season 0-2. Uh, Galaxy started the season with a loss on opening day. It's going to be interesting there to see um, if the Galaxy can right the ship. Um and sort of show their, their quality or if the table breakers have their first victory in them uh, this coming Sunday. So a full, a full slate of games. Once again, uh, Father's Day's out of the way. There's no COVID issues. Let's uh, let's play some ball. We could. I'll, I'll let you know what happens over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Next week's show could be interesting. Uh, we might both be infirm by the, by the Tuesday, uh, yeah, exactly. depending on how the, how the games go. But uh, yeah, just a... Uh, Good to be finally getting back to, to baseball after what feels like a long break. I mean, after I think after the, the infinite off-season that we just had, um, to finally get opening day uh, and then to then have the following week both Glasgow teams out of action. Um, you know, that was just a break that we didn't need. And then obviously Father's Day weekend, we had no games. So it's good to finally be able to get back in about it and hopefully there won't be any more interruptions to the schedule this season. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got my spider tack on the way, so I'm good for something. <laughs> Before we go then, uh, Thomas, why don't you give us your take on the whole spider tack phenomenon and the, the rule that they've brought in that umpires are checking players have got, we've got uh, pitches strip it off uh, well, on the field? To, to, to be honest, well, uh, it's probably not so much of an issue here, hmm. really, because honestly what is a fastball here is something that is so uh, takes an age to get. I must admit, I find really good 70, 70, 80 mile an hour plus pitches, pitches so, so much easier to call when you get the, get the, 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 the Jason Durr slurb <laughs> that almost dies before the plate. Those are absolute pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. but the fact that, the, the fact that actually you're talking about all this tack and the, the, the doctoring the ball in Scotland, to be honest, it's not an issue because they, they, they can't really take advantage of, of, of all this stuff. Fine if I find something something dodgy on it, I'm probably going to going to say, oi, you, shit. <laughs> but uh, no, really, here, there's quite a few rules, like there's quite a few rules that technically we should enforce. But what about all this this replay stuff? Well, what's that in Scotland? You know, there's there's a whole lot of practicalities. You've got to take the local situation and 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 uh, uh, look at it uh, look at it uh, in a proper and sensible manner. If you're not any pragmatic, is the word. Exactly. <laughs> no. So hey, I, uh, on that you could say he's out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're gonna we're gonna head out to Jason. Uh, we have plenty of social media links. The, the easiest one is linktree.com slash caps and pipes. That's where people can find the Spotify and iTunes streams, the Twitter, Instagram, Anchor, and uh, Facebook as YouTube, well. We're all, yeah. all our social medias are up on Linktree. Yeah, linktree.com slash caps and pipes. Uh, I'm at John Cats Pipes on Twitter. You're at Bubble and Baseball. Uh, do you want to fire out your links as well quickly? No, we no, no. We'll, we'll leave it for another time. Like I said, this, this is all about Scottish baseball today. So. And Thomas, is there anywhere you can uh, direct people towards? Uh, yeah, um, if you're looking for me on social media, it's at T Haywood Photo, at T Haywood Photo, or thomashaywood.com. Fantastic. 
Um, do you have any uh, resources or links that you would uh, recommend for any wannabe umpires? Uh, probably the best thing is just contact me, uh, and and I can I've got a whole load of resources that I can fire the away. It just depends what you're wanting to learn. There's no point in sending. There's there's a ton of information. I mean, I've got I'm just looking here. I've got a whopping great big folder that uh, I've got sitting on the computer from stuff when I was two, 2005 at umpire school. A whole host of stuff. But the thing is, what do you want to learn? What parts do you want to learn? It's, it's, it's no point in me checking out, uh, say, for example, you want to find spaghetti carbonara. I don't go and chuck, chuck the wheat at you. I, I actually produce the finished dish. So you've got, you got to, it, it, the, the resources are there, but I've got to know what resources you want. Excellent. Superb. Thank you so much again for joining us, Thomas. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, like, like I said, we'll have to get you back on and we'll talk some more um, more in depth about baseball memories and more about your art, your, your photo art as well. Um, mm. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Jason, as always, a pleasure. And thank you nice. to everyone watching. Uh, obviously, this one is being pre-recorded. We're not streaming live this week due to the Scotland game the other day. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday low, live at 9pm, depending on the physical oh. state of Mr. Bear. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We, we have the, the, the Sweden match on, on Tuesday in Hamden. All right. Okay. Uh, we will keep uh, everyone informed. We'll keep everyone informed. Yeah. It might be another pre recorded. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Missy's there is uh, a Swedish native. So I guess you guys will be busy watching the, watching the game. Yeah. There's a, we're trying to get tickets. So if anyone's got a connection, let me know. <laughs> all right thanks so much for watching uh, thanks for listening to anyone listening to the audio stream and uh, au revoir all right well we'll see you guys next week I'll bet you in ciao